the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. All right, good Sunday afternoon. It's a beautiful day. It's beautiful. I'm not the aforementioned Milton Blake. Milton's off this weekend. He will be back next weekend, but I'm Barry Best, by the way, from our uh, sister station, AM 630 The Word, just kind of down the hall from where Al's at right now back at the studio. Uh, but I do have the docs here with me once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. And you know, at the beginning of the show, guys, they say uh, uh, fun and uh, we have fun here. Uh, there was a fun and there was another F F word, so to speak. Yeah, hey, watch it. Yeah, watch it, watch it. But it's also, they forgot <laughs> frivolity. Yeah. I was just thinking uh, from a different direction. I was just, how many... Uh, Radio professionals, we've worn out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like a, in baseball, you're going from the starting pitcher to the middle relief to the <laughs> late relief to the closer. I guess. And you're absolutely certain Milton is going to make it back. Well, yeah, I, I thought he was. If he's kinda, here, yeah. If he's not, no. <laughs> he was kind of stepping out, saying Milton be back next week. Yeah, and he took it. Took his yeah. car to the shop. And now, see, that'll all de- 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 determine on how much fun I'm having. Because if I'm having a lot of fun, which I am, yeah, I may have to find Milton some. So, else to do. Oh, okay. Well, we can do but that. If you don't treat me right, he's coming back. Oh. Oh, no. And here we go, folks. It's two hours of <laughs> yeah, no, that, Oh, I know what it was. For us, that's a tough assignment it was, to, it's to two, treat somebody right. It's two hours of fun facts <laughs> and now frivolity. Yeah. So uh, it's a gorgeous day again. Yeah. Like yesterday was a, like a lot cooler. It's got to be at least 10, 15 degrees warmer now than it was oh, when it yeah. the show yeah. us yesterday. And it's a good thing because the wind's coming. But it's out the, of the it's west. A nice little breeze. It's amazing today too how many youngsters are here. Oh yeah. Yeah, the kids are just yeah, they're a all good over, time. and so, they're full of energy. <laughs> and pulling wagons. I, can, and, yeah. and, I guess I was out of way, uh, but I can't remember it. <laughs> it's been yeah. so long ago. Yeah, it has been a long. <laughs> did, did they have wagons back then? Oh, yeah. really? Wow, that hurt. Uh, um, uh, there's a story that uh, I was. In uh, Mississippi, with my father uh, putting on an exhibition shoot there, and my mother was sitting in the stand, and and she was trying to get me uh, get me to come up and sit on the stand, but I was playing and running under the stand, Mm -hmm. 
So it must be that uh, uh, at one time was like that little boy. So did you, when you were running under the stands, did you hit your head on the stands? Because no, that could explain no, a lot. I, no? I, I might have done it once, oh, but after that, that I started ducking. That explains no. the A&M <laughs> part of it, I guess. Hey, you know what? We have got the docks here. I'm here. We've got a lot of great people here at Millburgers. If you want to come on by, we definitely encourage you to do that. The, uh, the nursery is open until 5 today. Uh, come on by. You can ask your questions at the docks. But if you'd like, you can always right now start uh, hitting the phone lines. And Al back at the station will take your calls and he'll relay them on to us. Uh, the number to call is 210-308-8867. 210 210- 308-8867. As they say, there's uh, no such thing as a dumb question. The answers, eh, sometimes it all depends. <laughs> Did you we see give it? dumb answers. No. Did you see the blue bonnets that are here? Yeah. Or did, did you know that they were coming? No. Well, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when we brought in the ones we brought in uh-huh. early, uh, I kept telling everybody, if you don't get them now and plant them now, yeah, a, you're not going to have blue bonds. I thought yesterday, too, there were uh, like three plants left. There's a <laughs> yeah, table that, that's 30 foot long. Yeah, they're all blues. Yeah. And they're not uh, Ladybird, Johnson, Royal Blue. But uh, I say they're just one of those regular blue Yeah, bonds. just one of the regular blues. But uh, I looked to see who, who was growing them. We'll have to ask Trace. But it said they were growing up in East Texas, a troop, uh, troop nurseries. Uh, uh. And uh, I'd be interested in knowing uh, who grew them. Who, who, they used my formula, you know, you're treating them with acid and all uh-huh. that kind of stuff. And because you, you can't grow a, a blue bonnet like that without treating the seed. Yeah. Isn't it like this time of the year coming up, you know, I think maybe in March, that the wild blue bonnets start oh, yeah. perking up all over the yeah. place. Yeah, if they, if they came up in the fall. We had a, a neighbor uh, a few years back, her entire front yard was not grass, it was blue bonnets. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like, and so people would come you know, all over, you know, up the street, and they'd be parking, and they'd be wanting to take pictures in her yard with, uh, with the blue bonnets. And How did she react to that? She w- was hesitant at first, and then she decided, well, you know what, it's, I'm not going to be able to stop these people. And then these people would go and kind of sneak on her front, so she just let them happen. But she, was, she wasn't too happy at first, and then I think after a few years, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know what she did, but she hardly had any in her yard. No, no, yeah, no. They, they butted them down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and we were guilty of it, too. You know, hey, neighbor, can we have our daughter take pictures yeah. in your blue bonnets? <laughs> because isn't did, it, you, did you make her sit down in the blue bonnet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. Now, isn't it, I heard this, and no, I think I've asked. No, it's, it, not. it's not. illegal. It's not? No. I thought, because somebody kept, when I'm If they're on your and, property, you can pick them. Okay, but if it's not on your property... Like if it's like on the side of the road somewhere. Oh, I, I detest people that, that harvest blue bonnet seed, especially off the side of the road. But is that illegal? Like, is oh, the, yeah, heard, you go yeah. to jail for that. Really? Prison. Isn't it, that's a state flower, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he would still be in prison if that was uh, 
<laughs> oh. Because if they're if they're harvesting the seed, that means I can't go back and harvest. It's discouraged. It's discouraged. Yeah. But if it's in your if it's on your property, you're fine. Yeah, no problem. Okay. And uh, well, they're beautiful. I I tell you what, the, when we for, I tell you what, see, I'm already I'm texting. I've been down here there for you go. five years. I tell you what, when we moved down here in um, had to have been in '94. The first spring, and then I heard all about these blue bonnets, blue bonnets, blue bonnets, <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, okay, and then boom, you know, there they are, and it's oh. like, they are beautiful. Yeah, they're interesting. <laughs> I, I was kind of the same way when I came to Texas. I, I had never, I had never, re- I'd never seen them before, not be, being from Texas, and uh, so I did a did a TV show on them one time. And uh, uh, offering uh, seed, uh, Carol Abbott was thinking he was scarifying the seed, but he wasn't. But uh, he he was thinking that what he was doing was making the seed come up better, mm-hmm. and that that's a problem with non-scarified seed. But uh, <laughs> I did a TV program on that. Scarified. It sounds like a really bad horror movie. Yeah, it's uh, scratching, scratching the seed coat. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I said, uh, if you if you want the address of the seed, uh, send me a letter uh, to uh, K, K, T, K Kins Kins TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got over a hundred letters. Really? That's unheard of on a TV show. A hundred. Yeah, but but wasn't like about seventy five of them from Calvin? Uh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would be BC. Oh, oh, before Calvin. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. How did you figure out what the real solution was and why they and that they weren't scarified? Yeah, they. Uh, the, uh, we tried every method we could think of to scarify. Uh, I started out with Paul Cox's uh, rock tumbler, you know, that they clean rocks with or smooth rock. Agate shiner, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we'd put them in that rock tumbler <laughs> for overnight, you know, let them roll overnight. Didn't have uh, the uh, grower that I was working with. Uh, put them in a concrete, uh, small concrete uh, mixer, and let it run overnight. Didn't do any good. Then we lined the insides of the concrete mixer with uh, coarse sandpaper. I mean, you put your hand in there and make it bleed. You know, just touch it. Didn't didn't help a bit. And uh, finally. Uh, I had heard of them using acid to scarify the uh, the some of the seeds, some of the native seeds especially. And so I got some seed from what what then. I mean, I got some acid from what then was uh, Lo- Lone Star growers that turned into co- color spot growers. And I got so they they use acid to acidify the water or break break it down so it's not so alkaline. 
and uh, got some acid and did some tests. And I mean, you know, I did it uh, maybe 15 minutes, the first test, 15 minutes, then 30 minutes, and 45 minutes, because I figured that acid was going to eat them up all the way to an hour, and then I put in a two-hour, thinking that this will wipe them out. Well, the acid, the, the hour treatment, has always been the best. It makes all the seed germinate at one time, which a grower of plants need. need. They don't want them <laughs> germinating six months apart. They want them. And when you treat them with acid, they come up in, uh, they germinate in three days, three or four days. And so uh, we went to the acid guy. The interesting thing was when we started looking at the Big Ben blue bonnet, smaller seed that uh, only grows with Big Ben, uh, we did that same acidification acid scarification <laughs> and uh, uh, we found that uh, it it required uh, uh, two hours yeah tougher yeah I mean it's grown in a tougher environment so I guess it has to make the seed tougher to survive but uh, that up the two hours and uh, we uh, that that broke the chart. But what I would be interested in, uh, of course, that's been widely reported, that scarification thing, uh, is that who 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 used it to to grow those? They had to grow, use it. And uh, when we started that deal, uh, I got some feedback, and Carol Abbott did too, some feedback uh, from. Uh, the uh, some of the native plant people and said that uh, they didn't believe in that that was hurting the seed and we in all our tests we've never heard them scream you know the seed scream you've never heard the screen seed scream because it was scared of I'd. <laughs> And also, when we started using that acid, uh, you know, the, there were some plant, there were some books written that said if they if they don't have a rhizobium present, that they'll never bloom. And that's where we came up with the idea of the, the first liar is gospel. I mean, if it's in a book, you know, that's got to be right. Oh, it's just like if it's on the internet, it's got to yeah, be true. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so I I tried to reason with these people that believed that. I said we treat that seed in concentrated sulfuric acid. Eat a hole in the floor. It'll eat a hole mm-hmm. in the floor. Eat a hole in your pants. You eat a, a number on the hole Joker in your in the shoes. <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking that that probably kills that rhizobium if it's present at all. And I I was bloom. Really quick, after the after the German, so uh, but they they had in their mind that uh, it had to have rhizobium to make the nitrogen to make it. But the problem is it's got to germinate before 
the rhizobium can work, cannot be on the seed. So they don't need rhizobium to germinate or, or, or bloom. But anyway, we moved right along. The short, the, uh, short part of the story is that we got lots and lots of um, lots blue, of blue bonnets. bonnets. Yeah. yeah, and they're big and in they large containers. Yeah. I didn't look Did at the price. the colors? Huh? Oh, you said straight. They're all blue. They're all blue. They're, they're native. Now, there was a second table over there. Did you notice that one, the little table? No. There's some whites left out of that original that planting. And they're they're sitting on the ground under these blue bonnets because okay. they look pretty tough. Okay, and then there's another t table. It's about uh, four by four. That's got. Oh, is that right? Maybe they did just moved up the white ones. Oh, okay. I didn't look close. Uh, at them, Definitely, the whites are only only left. So if you if you want to plant some blues, I don't know why people would want to plant blue blue bonnets. But you know, can't can't. You've seen have you seen the whites? No, no. The, the whites are, to, to my way of thinking, the whites are not very attractive unless they're in the blue. Yeah. And not, like not dominating. Mix. Right. Just a few. So you don't like it the look just the by itself. And the blues, the blues are very attractive. All, any of those shades. And of course, <laughs> and of course, if you got the maroon, you're all all in. Yeah. Right. Right. But <laughs> there used to be an orange. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, a lot of orange, but uh, nobody was interested. Nobody in it. was interested in it, huh? Yeah, we attempted. Uh, <laughs> Jerry attempted to convince the yeah. people at the University of Texas to take <laughs> charge of it, but that's right. Nobody moved forward. No. But but we planted some blue bonnets. Oh, somebody planted blue bonnets up there uh, at the Capitol. And uh, they were the colors, too. People were accusing me and uh -huh. Greg Grant of doing that. I said, well, I appreciate it, but I didn't, didn't have anything to do it. Now, what I can ensure you is that we, it will be there in the future, because we, Greg and I will go up there and drop some seed for you folks. Mm -hmm. I think they, <laughs> they organized. They, uh, uh, <laughs> committee of, well, gardeners to go and remove as many uh, <laughs> blue bonnets as they could. Yeah, the sad thing about it, they said they were the maroon seed, but they weren't maroon. They weren't the maroon color. No. They were uh, another color, and uh, <laughs> so they were complaining about having maroon blue bonnets planted up there. And it said something about the, the uh, inspiration and the uh, being ruined yeah. the University of Texas. And we've, we've actually got a picture of that on Plant Answers. I'm pretty sure somebody took a picture of it. And they're not burned at all. But but I tracked down where they came from. Did you? Yeah, I know where they came from. But the, the what is it to say? The uh, identities will remain anonymous to protect well, the innocent Harry yeah. if we find his demolished body we'll know <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like oh done it's like a, it's like a CSISA there you go 
Hey, um, before we get to back into, I know you've got Calvin's article from yesterday's paper in your hand, and we'll talk about that. Trace is probably going to come up here on the porch, tell us some of the deals that are going on through the weekend here at Millburgers. But right now, we need your calls. We need the uh, phone lines to start ringing. And they're all open right now at 210-308-8867. Ask your question. It's a great day to get the great answers from the docs. 210-308-8867. You can also come on out here to Millburgers at 1604 and Bulverde Road. Uh, The nursery is open until 5 today. We're here until 2. And uh, we'll be right back on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Beneath its snowy metal golden The unborn grass lies waiting for its coat to turn to green The snowbird sings a song he always sings And speaks to me of flowers that will bloom again in spring And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Barry Besson for Milton Click. That song... Um, by Ann Murray called uh, Snowbird. It's, oh, uh, yeah. Um, always reminds me of back home because back home, Canadians who come down here to the States in the summertime to, you know, get away from the winter are called snowbirds. Yeah. Like, and um, so anyways, I heard that. And, I, of course, I grew up listening to Ann Murray. It's, uh, Al back at the station's doing a salute. To Canadian music artists. What are you doing over there? You, I don't know. It's, the wind is catching. Catch and you know what? It's because Trace walked over. It might be so. Yeah. And oh, like, oh, yeah. We were just. We were. Yeah. He was just telling me the story, Trace, uh, about the deer and why it's sitting there and why sometimes <laughs> it's pointed a little bit, bit towards him. It is that direction. It is that direction. <laughs> Uh, but hey, Trace is uh, here on the back porch, and of course that means it's time to uh, take a look at what the great deals you've got going on here at Millburgers. Now the deals go through tomorrow. Correct. But they should get on them now before they go away. That's true. So you got to come on down here to the nursery at 1604 and Balverde Road, and the nursery's open until 5 today. So yeah. what, do you, what you got that... Uh, uh, probably the neatest deal is going to be the six-inch clay pots. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's a garden white, and they are three ninety-nine each. So did that come with the discs, no. too? you got to get the discs separate? Yeah, but they're on a deal, too. Ah, see? So I thought this out. Mm-hmm. So uh, they could pay three ninety-nine per for one, or they can get four for a dollar. See? I'll take four for a dollar. Most people would. Saucers that match... Okay, same color and everything are two ninety nine. Guess how much they are? Uh, four for a dollar. They're four for a dollar. See, <laughs> smart. So that's um, the, and the graphite pot's probably the next best deal. That's a ten inch graphite color clay, two eighty eight four for ten. No. Uh, we have the dimension in the ad. That's uh, certainly a timely thing. Uh, Pre emergent herbicide. Put it down now so you have less weeds. Uh, we do have a lot of other varieties of pre-emergence, too, but they're not on special. Yep. Uh, Calvin had a very successful potting up uh, potting up de- demonstration I, I, I yes- heard. yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday? I yeah. believe it was yesterday, and then he's going to be doing ours next Saturday. Uh, oh, is that right? Yes. Another one here? One here. Okay. 
and uh, I think it's the same time at nine, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we've already we've already filled up the sheet. Uh, wow. But people can come and watch. People can come and watch, and if somebody doesn't show up, we might be able to squeeze somebody in. But uh, there you go. Forty's about all he can handle. <laughs> but uh, that's what King Forty-One came to the, <laughs> to the event on Saturday. Yeah, but uh, people are novice uh, tomato growers or whatever thinking, well, I don't need to pot them up. I'll plant them straight into the oh, ground. No. I, I had the customer tell me yesterday that they planted their tomatoes and peppers in the ground. Yeah. I had to tell them, go dig them up. <laughs> well, uh, the peppers really suffer in cold soils, but uh, the deal with the tomatoes, you'd have to be a, a, a over-optimistic op- optimum um, op- optimist to go ahead and think that we're not going to have uh, some more cold weather. You know, tomato doesn't take freezing either. No, it just no. takes 40 and a nice cool wind to, to set them back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's but, amazing when you're, you, like, we're getting ready for those presentations. Yeah. And you're moving them around and you uh-huh. go from the wind to the cool <laughs> to warm. And you can actually see. Yeah. See the change in their, their reaction to the yeah. The, yeah, they're real sensitive to wind, and so are peppers, but not not so much as uh, tomatoes are. And there's been research done uh, that says that uh, it'll reduce yields on a plant 15% if, uh, if they're exposed to a 15-mile-an-hour wind. That research was done in Kansas, and they have 15-mile-an-hour winds every day. So uh, they were thinking, the researchers were thinking that was causing the cat facing a roughness on the bottom of the fruit. And uh, they had three or four graduate students working on that to see what causes cat facing on the fruit. But... What did they find out? uh, It was when. Okay. They were lit. What is cat facing? It's a roughness on the bottom of the uh, where the uh, bloom was. Okay. So and it looks like cracks and. Or yeah, what? yeah. It can look like cracks. It can it just look like a rough growth. Scars and scabs. Yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, since these a lot of these uh, uh, heirloom tomatoes come along, they look like that anyway. But they were using a smooth smooth uh, a scarred tomato. On that note, um, I'm not 100% sure they're going to show up, but I found a new supplier for some of the bedding and vegetables. And he had heirlooms. So I might have some heirlooms conceivably this next week. Okay. I was just waiting for the look on your face. <laughs> the, the listeners can't see this. There's, a, there, there's at least one that's five, Cherokee Purple. Yeah. So that's ordered. Okay. Again, we once it materializes, we'll know for a fact. But yeah. uh, Brandy Wine was another one I saw. Yeah. That's, and, a, that's uh, a big one. A couple, two or three other varieties. Uh, Some of our uh, top, top gardeners uh, just have uh, picked one of those uh, yeah. as a favorite. Yeah, doesn't that. have to compete with everything else. <laughs> just, they just like the taste, they like the looks, and they look like the growth habits. So they're fun to deal with. 
Yeah, just if you uh, <laughs> if you got room for ten plants, you have uh, two heirlooms and eight plants to make your production. Yeah. Jerry is grinning. <laughs> I, I knew I'd get a reaction, uh, but, but speechless I wasn't really sure of. I should I should talk about heirlooms more often. Yeah, I thought, can you do that more hey, often? Hey, 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 hey. I thought he was going to stick his tongue out. <laughs> I give him a <laughs> But anyway, for some people, people like to play with those, and they like to grow a big, ugly tomato. Uh... So but, they ta- but they taste so good. No, there's no difference in the taste. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of gardeners will, re- whether it's true or not, but it will remember it from from their granny's garden or, or when they Yeah, well, my, most grannies grew a uh, big boy. Uh, big boy, big girl. Uh, Let's see, was that... 75 years plus 75 years. <laughs> I don't know how, how when boy, Big Boy came out, but it, it ruled the tomato market for a long time and was a pretty tomato. It was a good tomato. But uh, people always say, well, the heirlooms taste so much better. And uh, I, 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 there used to be a guy out here called uh, uh, McDonough, uh, south, southern Bear County, and uh, he was always saying, "Well, you ought to, you ought to put some some of those heirlooms in your t- trials and give them a try." I said, "Okay." I said, "You bring me some transplants, and I'll uh, put them in the in the, in the deal in the test. Who knows? They might become a rodeo tomato." He never would bring them. He never would bring them because there's no competing with those hybrids in taste and uh, production. I wonder how many trays will will we have 25 people show up now with uh, (laughs) old-fashioned tomatoes? Uh, I'll bet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot of people like to try them. Or or they'll send you one of those catalogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They They like to try them because... In their in their mind, they think that it's going to taste as good as the tomatoes that uh, their their mama and papa grew for them 40, 50 years ago, probably longer. But they don't. You know, uh, taste is subjective. There you go. That's right. Well, salt makes everything uh, better. I'll I'll accept BH 968 and uh, Ruby Crush. David David was uh, when he was here yesterday was talking about the uh, he thought that the Ruby Crush would be declared a Texas what is superstar it? superstar and that we should be be prepared for that and I, I said we well we have declared it our, our one of our superstars <laughs> anyway but uh, I don't that 968 uh, is the most expensive seed tell me about it. That they that they have that they get. We, we should charge more for it, but uh, yeah. it, we can't. Yeah, they, they'd mess it up. <laughs> but uh, it's a good tomato, oh, and the people like the flavor. Yeah, you can't hardly beat it if you got both Ruby Crush and BHN 968. Yeah, they've got a different flavor. Yeah, and they're distinctive. You can you can. It's one of the few tomatoes yeah. that you can identify what the taste is and which one you're looking at. Yeah. 
and they have an abundance of fruit. <laughs> uh, the uh, people have fallen in love. I, I think I told y'all a couple of weeks ago. After the show, a fella came by and he said, uh, "Have you got the rodeo tomato?" That was before we had the rodeo tomato. And I said, uh, no. "Are you sure it was before?" I because I, I had them a lot. I know you had okay. them early, right. but this guy was back. Uh, like I said, it was nobody, nobody here. And uh, it was after the show. He said, uh, "He said, but I, I like that uh, 968." I said, "Yeah, but this this new one, this rodeo tomato, is supposed to be a a pretty good one too, and it's large fruit." You know, 968 is uh, a smaller fruit. It's kind of like it's a, a cherry. Popper. It's a cherry tomato. Yeah. <laughs> and he kept saying, but I love that 968. <laughs> he would not <laughs> get it out of his mind. And I don't think, have you had any 968 this not, year? Not yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried uh, that supplier may have uh, quit buying that 968. Well, you need to correct that situation then. <laughs> but we uh, we found 968. 968 used to be 705, I think. Because I was looking for a uh, dwarf, a small-growing greenhouse tomato. And uh, we get we tested them, tested that, that line, and uh, of the 700 numbers. Oh, that was the best one, and uh, <laughs> I had a I had a little one of my volunteers made the mistake of bringing his uh, grandson, and so I I said, "You want to do something?" <laughs> oh yeah 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 I want to do something. I said, "Okay, pick every red tomato on this." I had about five vines caged, and I said. <laughs> Pick, pick every red tomato on there and count them for each vine. I figured, is he getting the greenhouse comfortable? <laughs> In about an hour, he showed up and said, I can't pick any more tomatoes. You have to pick so many tomatoes, and they're probably eating so well, many. That's where I was going to have <laughs> Pick one, eat one, save one, yeah. eat one. <laughs> I, I asked him, I said, well, did you keep count? He said, I, I couldn't count them all. So uh, it was good tomato back, even in the greenhouse. And it is, it's not the dwarf I wanted, but it's uh, much shorter than uh, that. In fact, I got little David, a picture of little David standing by a 968. Is, which is taller? Uh, of the nonsense. Okay. <laughs> just, just want to clarify that. <laughs> and, then, and then he's also standing between uh, 968 and uh, what do we have out there? Another another cherry type tomato, maybe a cherry large. And it's significantly bigger, taller. So it is kind of a dwarf, semi dwarf, I guess. But uh, people like the taste of it, too. That's for sure. I used to. Tease my mother because that we, uh, yeah we would uh, cart her out in her wheelchair and put her by the ruby crush in the VHN 968. She was content to sit out there and pick tomatoes no. for I bet two she, hours. Yeah, 
I bet that, that's abu- abuse. See, because she, <laughs> she couldn't leave. El- elder abuse. <laughs> elder, elder abuse. abuse. She couldn't leave. Uh, she definitely ate some. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. But uh, they're good for her, for you. Uh, but anyway. But uh, uh, like I said, we're going to have another pot-up deal uh, next next weekend. I believe so. 25th, is that yep. right? Yeah. Next Saturday, 9 a.m.? Yep. yep. Right here at Millburgers. But again, like you said, all the <clears throat> slots are full. Technically, they're all full. But if you want to come watch, you just don't get the tomato yeah. plant. Right. Or you can buy one. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And then that same day, yep. we don't even keep the money for them. No. We're actually donating oh, it to, right. to Little David's uh, uh, Master Gardeners, which eventually gets to the kids. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I like. Yeah, right. Yeah, supported that youth gardening program for several years, Millburgers effort. And they're they're well grown plants. Uh, you don't have to worry about, and they're also you don't have to worry about being true to name. Uh, this grower worked with for forty years, and uh, I never have caught them selling a misnamed. Uh, tomato plant mm-hmm. or vegetable plant. Period. Now, what'll happen is <laughs> that's a oh good good, good catch. catch. Uh, what'll happen? That that's throwaway anyway. The uh, what'll happen is some of our customers will come in and be looking through the tomatoes to find out which one is the best. You know, I love to question them. Why did you pick that one? They're all the same. I mean, they're, they're identical twins out there. And they they say, well, I just had to pick the best one. I said, okay. And uh, But sometimes they switch labels, move them. For, and I've, I've watched them. Do this. That, that happens. The other thing that happens is kids. Yeah, well. I'll, I'll walk over, I'll find 20 tags on the ground. On the ground? Oh, yeah. Pull, pull them and throw them on the ground. Why do they do that? Because the kids? Uh, <laughs> that's all they do? Uh, remember when we saw the birds? Yeah, the birds do that. The grackles were throwing them out on the I, I was at a color spot, and uh, just flocks of uh, blackbirds, of, of grackles, grackles, coming in there. And they were laying right in the middle of the plants that were tagged and and growing out. And uh, I said, what are those birds doing out there? They said, they're pulling the tags. And I thought they were messing with me for a while. But sure enough, I went out there, and you could see them pulling the tags. I don't know why mm-hmm. they pulled the tag. <laughs> but uh, they had to actually take some measures to keep those birds from coming in there because once they pulled the tags, it was a nightmare because the plants were side by side, and they couldn't get in there to re- re-tag them. So I guess they had to re-tag them when they were shipping them yep but it was a nightmare you you, ne- you never people never realize what a commercial grower goes through mm-hmm. to put a beautiful plant on your right <laughs> on the table out here hey we're gonna uh take a quick break here in millburgers gardening south texas uh, chase thank you very much come on by again later on in the show we're here on the air until two o'clock uh, the nursery is open until five today so come on by If you have a question, you can call right now. Open lines at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. 
308-8867. This I'm, is. Glad, I'm glad you give that number. Milton never gives it down. No, he always we tell us. him over and over, give the number. Give the number. Milton. Give the you number. Get some number. Uh, but it's not. It's probably not that number. <laughs> 210-308-8867. We'll be back in a few minutes on Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, I'm Barry Bess, in for Milton Glick. And as far as we know, Milton will be back next weekend. Wait a minute. Unless he's not here, and then <laughs> you guys have to put up with me again. But uh, uh, Milton just said, uh, off this weekend. He will be back. Uh, the docs are here to answer your questions. We got open lines at two ten three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Jerry said I don't say the phone number enough. Two ten three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Or if you happen to be in the neighborhood of sixteen oh four and Balverde Road, and come on by the nursery. And uh, we're here on the air until 2, but the nursery is open until 5 o'clock today. There's some great deals going on uh, through today, or actually through tomorrow, that you want to get in on. So uh, come on by Millburgers, 1604 Bulverde Road, or uh, get your question ready and call 210-308-8867. Yeah. A lot of colored plants, uh, flowers, if you and the pansies look wonderful. And did we mention the geraniums? How great they look! I was just getting ready to mention those because I, I, I mentioned them to Trace yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, they were just killers. I, I walked walked by them. I had to stop and look. They were so pretty. They almost glow in the dark. Well, there's there's looks to me like a, there's at least two variations of the the red or is that three out there, Jerry? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they got pink too. Yeah, they're very, very, they're large, they're showy. Yeah, uh, and they love this kind of weather. Yeah. Now that's so. What's that white over there that we're looking at? Is that a? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, only one, one or two of those over there. Now there was a lot yesterday, but uh, people like geranium, especially at this time of the year. Problem problem with geraniums, which is not a problem to a lot of people. That like a plant, uh, you know, that they <coughs> take care of every day is that uh, the blooms, old blooms, have to be removed. Uh, but if you look at these, when you're removing the old bloom, the new one is on the way. I mean, you can see it right coming right below, below that one. So uh, at this kind of weather, they'll bloom all the way to... April, I guess, especially if you remove the bloom until the real hot weather comes. Well, on this selection, um, the, the summer is a, very hot. And, yeah. But uh, uh, it wasn't a, but a couple of summers ago, or when they, one of the first years when this variety. Yeah, was right, a, right. Uh, uh, made it through the whole the whole summer yeah, in my yeah. yard. Uh, in, on a western exposure, yeah, too. Yeah, in the mild weather, yeah. Mm. It's great. Hello. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're a good plant, and uh, this is especially, uh, especially vigorous. Uh, 
plutonium. I mean, geranium. Uh, geranium. Now the other the other thing that we have been talking about are the fruit trees. Oh yeah, lots I saw them blooming yeah, down down the hill. Blooming down there, <laughs> uh, and uh, some of the varieties that uh, well every kind of variety you can think of, but those that we recommend. Yeah. Florida King, uh, seen that and. Uh, uh, well, it's here, here on this front page here, Florida King, Red Baron, and Red Baron. Yeah. And La Feliciana. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was trying to think of is La Feliciana. Yeah. That yeah. one is uh, takes a little longer to produce the fruit, but it's a. Uh, uh, yeah, it ri it ripens in uh, July. Yeah, I was going to say first it's a, of July. It's a higher quality, but it's hard. Hard for me to determine anything is a higher quality than the Florida King. Yeah, because it's the first one and yeah. it's good. And it's I got mean, such it's sweet. A nice, nice, nice shape. It's uniform. It's a great. And taste. You know, that we're back in the old days when you were an orchard person. Uh, they came out with uh, early maturing varieties. Spring gold. To, be, to beat, to beat the market. In other words, the. Uh, Early markets, the early peaches are like dog gold, you know. I mean, they're very expensive and sought after. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know where Florida King was around that time, but. No, uh, sure, we sure didn't see <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, Kenneth Hoffman had a whole orchard of those. And uh, that's that's probably the first time I heard of Florida King, but uh, uh, they were great, and uh, they got held on, and uh, they can sell a held on peach. So <laughs> I got, uh, I said, Kenny, we we need to direct sell those. I mean, put the, tell people about these. He's not that far out of San Antonio. And I put it on TV, standing out there with it, and those trees were loaded with ripe peaches because uh, it was almost a situation where every peach you pick was ripe. Yeah. And I uh, put it on TV. That evening, he had to hire police to direct the traffic. People were coming out there to pick those hail-damaged peaches, and they sold every one of them. So he, he was... He, he, Kenneth always tested varieties. So when when he planted a whole orchard, you you pretty well knew that uh, he that was a good one. Yeah, I, I've only got one Florida <laughs> King, but yeah. I, it's my favorite. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's stolen our hearts. Uh, used to be uh, June Go, but that that thing is. It got started splitting and. Uh, well, June Gold was was uh, the the peach that uh, yeah. carried me on my peach orchard for ten years. <laughs> but I just did it split in oh, in those days. Yeah, yeah, but I mean not. Not bad. Not every. No, it, it was worse than. Florida King, riders. yeah. Yeah, but I didn't even I didn't even know about Florida King back there for some. <laughs> Spring Gold and June Gold 
was what I had. Yeah, yeah, that's what everybody was planning. But uh, the uh, I don't. I, they've kind of compared the Florida King. They ain't even in, even in the picture. Well, yeah, it's just the June Golds were never as uniform as Florida King. Yeah. Uh, now the one, uh, the Florida King is, uh, I guess, is not the best shipping. Yeah, pro probably gets soft, yeah. good, and uh, that's good for a homeowner. Homeowner. So anyhow, that, the, that that's one of the varieties that's here. Yeah. And if you want, it's a low chill, so in my yard, at least in my neighborhood, that the uh, it's consistently produced peaches. Terry and I have. Oh yeah. We've talked about uh, the varieties I have every year, and and without a fail, yeah. Well, Florida King, yeah, it's booming and it's yeah. producing fruit. It's yeah. one, it won my heart. It's it's hard to beat. And uh, if you want a pretty uh, peach, pretty blooming peach, ornamental peach that that has uh, some some fruit, sometime. <laughs> uh, there's one called Red Baron. And uh, we got to talking about this thing, and uh, uh, Trace has gotten them in the last couple of years. And I didn't know even people were doing that anymore. And it dawned on me last night, I'd, I'd do think strange things in the middle of the night, Kevin. No. Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> Hang on to your thought. He what? does strange yeah. things all the time. Yeah, because I want to hear this, the strange thoughts in the night. But we have to get to the news break here at okay. the top of the hour. First hour of the show is almost done. But the good thing about that is that we have a second hour coming up here. And yeah. that's your opportunity to call in now. And get on the line and ask your questions of the docs. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Or come on by Millburgers at 1604 and Balverde Road. The nursery is open until 5 today. We'll take a break. Come back in just a couple of minutes after the news from SRN. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Look out. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to the second hour of uh, Millburgers Gardening South Texas on this gorgeous Sunday South Texas day. You can, uh, if you're not enjoying this weather, you then you don't know uh, what weather, what great weather is. Calvin and I were just talking. Calvin's from Minnesota. I'm from Canada. Jerry, of course, is from Tennessee, so he's still a Southerner. Uh, this is why we're here in this part of the world this time of the year, because it's just absolutely gorgeous outside. So take advantage of this and come on down to Milberger's Nursery at 1604. I thought you were here because they kicked you out of Canada. I told you not to say that. No. Remember? You remember? Remember? Don't say that. Uh, yeah, they uh, they closed the door on me behind me. They told me don't turn the lights off. When do you, you do you have a ca Canadian uh, citizenship? Yep, I have a Canadian citizenship, but don't get any funny ideas. I do have a permanent residency card for the United States of America. It's a what kind of card? 
permanent residency. It's a oh. green card. It's okay. not called the green card anymore because it's not actually <laughs> green. It's tan. <laughs> yeah, I had a person that worked for me uh, that was from England, mm-hmm. and she had a, she was she was had to had a green card or blue card mm-hmm. or something that she had to renew every so often. Yeah, you got every ten years. It's like a driver's license. Oh, is that right? You do it every okay. ten years. So yeah, so don't get any funny ideas of calling INS or anything because I'm 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 legal. All right. <laughs> so I always called her our my uh, legal immigrant. Yeah, a little foreigner. <laughs> um, but this is a gorgeous day. Come on down to the nursery. Uh, if you can't make it down to the nursery because you'll have a question for the docs, call now. Open lines two ten three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two ten three zero eight. 8867. So now, this time of the year, it's at February, what, 19th? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. What should people be thinking about if they're going to do well, some let, planting? Let go. Uh, well, Red Baron, let Jerry describe the, that Red Baron peach, which is really a, kind of a spectacular Bloom, option, yeah. option for your yard. Because uh, that, you know, he mentioned that uh, it doesn't always have the perfect fruit but boy it always has perfect blooms and there's yeah. <laughs> the color, color is unbelievable they seem to last longer yeah, too they they're definitely larger yeah. i was gonna i was gonna ask trace uh back in the old days because uh, he worked for wolf nursery and they i'm pretty sure that they used to sell an ornamental peach you remember that there, there, it was an ornamental peach that you grew it for bloom. It didn't have, it didn't have uh, very good peaches, if it, if it had any. But we'd always get a call from somebody that says, "I got this old peach, and it's it's beautiful when it blooms, but it never has fruit." And uh, I just wonder if they still have those on the market. I don't know. That'd be interesting if anybody had. Oh yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why would you want an ornamental plant when you can get a fruit plant? When you can get an actual fruit plant and actually have the fruit? Those things would knock your hat off. They're so pretty when they bloom. Oh, they're just for. No. They're spectacular. If, if they had a better survival rate than the fruit-producing peaches too, that would be a thing. Because yeah. pe- peaches have difficulty surviving in our in our area. Uh, because of the alkaline soil and because of mm-hmm. the bacterial uh, disease, yeah, the diseases. So, you know, anything that you got that that lives ten years or fifteen years instead of seven years, mm-hmm. that's a real advantage. Yeah, but they they were pretty. Yeah, they they, they were significantly yeah. bloom more than the fruiting peaches did. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting it for aesthetic purposes. Yeah, just yeah. Work. Just yeah. To, uh, people plant it in the front yard, you know. Okay. Well, it's just like but, the, the, pear, the ornamental pears, too. They, yeah. We do that. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that, uh, that, Neil Sperry had a, a note, and I didn't, I don't think I copied it, uh, where there's some states that are outlawing uh, uh, the that uh, wild pear that blew that that small uh, I forget the name of it, but anyway, uh, that's become invasive. 
in in areas. Hmm. And I saw that firsthand in uh, in Tennessee. Uh, uh, Dr. McFadden, when he was alive, uh, and I, he was wanting to show me how bad the uh, contamination was. And so we went out, uh, it was about five miles uh, north of Somerville, Tennessee. And uh, that, I, the whole field in solid bloom. I said, I said, holy hell, let me get my camera and take a picture. He said, that's a problem. This is a problem <laughs> because at, uh, I was Bradford Pear. Uh, it was, was being spread all over the place. And I mean, they were thick as hair in the dogs back out there. So, uh, but but they're pretty, <laughs> kind of like your uh, your uh, vine that you don't like too much. Oh yeah, uh, that's <laughs> it's <cool>. pretty. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. It's blooming, yeah. You said thick as hair on the dog's back. Yeah. Well, isn't it really pretty much all over? The dog's got the same up like thickness of hair. But it's th- thicker on the back. Is it? You got to research. Yeah, you got to notice it. Oh yeah. Not only doing Compared to the, the belly. We, yeah, we don't. The belly, belly is really. Huh. We, we don't have a lot to do in Tennessee, so sometimes yeah, we just sit around the wire, <laughs> sit around the fire, what? and count the hair. You on know the dog what? Back. Somebody in somebody back then got grant money for that, <laughs> and then they made a whole lot of money just saying, "Yeah, there's more hair on the back than there is." There you go. Sometimes uh, if you have a hairless dog, you know, yeah, no, yeah, a mangy yeah. dog, yeah. <laughs> you won't have much hair back there. Well, I got a dog who we know has lots of hair because it's like he sheds, he sheds an entire dog every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. You mean there's a dog under yeah. that hair somewhere? Yeah, he's a, yeah, it's like, oh, there you are. Was it a shepherd? Yeah, or it's a shepherd. Yeah. It's a uh, shepherd. It's a mix with another, like, a large breed. Yeah. He's, like, two years old and the Guys like my, pounds, and he's like huge. My daughter and son had a had a shepherd, and uh, it was shared hair all the time. But you know, you 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 wouldn't actually see him shedding hair. But you walk down the hallway, and little hair bundles were like little, like, like uh, tumbleweeds okay. down. The, I have a. I'm, a lot of people know I have a prosthetic leg, and that prosthetic yeah. leg has a, a, a silicone liner that goes on it. Right? Yeah. Well, here's how bad this dog sheds. Uh-oh. I take the liner off one day after work, and I looked at it, and there's dog hair inside of the liner. There you go. You're making it feel he's, good he's for like, Holy you. Holy Jesus. Like, <laughs> well, did, did you take it for granted it was a... a uh, <laughs> part of the mechanism? There you to, go. To protect your... Ma- your like, you know it's what? a fur yeah. line. And again, yeah, a fur line. It kept me nice and warm. But I was like, how did this get in here? Uh, yesterday, uh, I was talking with Trace and, and y'all about the, what was the origin of the forest pansy uh, redbud. It's a, it's a redbud that uh, has red leaves. Yeah, I and, saw a bunch of them down there. Oh, got a bunch of them down yeah. there. Are they blooming yet, or do you remember? No, they, I didn't see any blooms. Okay. But anyway, I, for some reason, had in my mind that uh, that originated around here. And I was wrong. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, did you get that? Did you record that? He was wrong. Yeah. Uh, he forgets uh, when you... 
the uh, I don't think I ever knew it was from Missouri. Uh, it's a purple leaf cultivar of the popular Missouri native redbud tree. So I guess they have a, let's see, it's a native to eastern and northern America from Connecticut to New York to southern Ontario and the Great Lakes south to western Texas and Florida. That's a huge area. Yeah, it's a big, big deal. Uh, so that's, I guess, why it does so well down here in our highly alkaline soils. But uh, <laughs> Dennis looked it up, sent me a very good de detailed explanation of it. Uh, <laughs> let's see, it says, easily grown in average, medium soil, well-drained soil, in full sun to part, part shade. Parch age best in the hot summer of Santa of uh, Texas. Uh, let's see, uh, moderate it performed best in moderately fertile soil with regular and constant moisture. Avoid wet or poorly drained soils. Since the tree does not transplant well, it should be planted. When young and left undisturbed, the uh, that's interesting because uh, I was telling Trace, you know, the prettiest red bud is the one called Texas Texas red bud or Oklahoma red bud, which are grafted. And uh, I said it several times on the show that uh, Dr. Wayne McKay, uh, Barton Warnock, and Several people had found a beautiful red bud in Big Bend National Park because they got a lot of red buds to choose from, but they could never propagate it. And it never made it to commercial production. They tried uh, tissue culture in, the, in test tubes and uh, you know, budding and things like that, but. Uh, it would have to be grafted, so it never made it onto the market. It was a beautiful thing. But uh, let's see what else. But if if it, it I don't think I don't remember it uh, burning in the summer. The leaves, you know, a regular eastern redbud, a lot of eastern redbuds will burn up in our Texas sun. About the, uh, the leaves turn brown around the edges and everything else. But uh, this thing, I can't ever remember seeing <coughs> burnt leaves in the summer on a forest pansy redbud. Were they burnt orange? Huh? Were they burnt orange? No, they burnt brown. Oh. They were brown. That's all I got. I just have to say that, you know. That. Yeah, I know, I know. I've been told that I, you know, I need to say something about Burt Orange or the University of Texas oh, okay, at least okay. once or twice during the show. Makes Milton happy. Yeah. Um, this uh, <laughs> this uh, a, a reference to Canada, southern Ontario mm -hmm. being part of the native range of this tree. Hmm. So, so 
So, but it's up get, there. Gets me when they go out, continue talking about the native rains. They include Florida and West. Texas. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> where isn't California? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't. yeah, forest pansy is a purple-leafed cultivar of the popular Missouri native redbird tree. I never knew that. Fall color is variable, but often includes attractive shades of reddish, purple, and orange. And orange. And orange. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we need to quit talking about this. Then. We can talk about the, the other university, uh, U, UTSA. I'll talk about that. There you go. And uh, then it gives the problems it could have. Canker can be a significant disease problem. Stem canker. Verticillium wilt, dieback, leaf spots, mildew, and blights may also incur, occur. Insect pests include Japanese beetles, tree hoppers, leaf hoppers, caterpillars, borers, webworms, and scale. Kind of sounds hmm. like our peach orchard. Yeah. <laughs> so the Japanese beetles, did they come out with a lot of music like the regular beetles? Yeah, I guess so. Keeping the tree vigorous by regular watering, fertilizing, and pruning out dead branches as needed will help keep the tree healthy. Deer, deer tend to avoid this plant. Well, that's a good plant for here, then. Well, if it, uh, I've never heard that either. But uh, I know. I'm, I'm trying to remember if I... <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of them. Have you? What, deer? No, the... Oh, uh, red bud? The, that red bud. Yeah. I know it's got uh, trunks on it that they'd love to rub their antlers on. I'm glad but, you said antlers. Yeah. Because I thought you were going a different way. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, but anyway, that's what it says. Deer tend to avoid this plant. Uh, we'll have to... Ask, ask if any of our readers here in San Antonio that have deer have have had a, a red bud. Now we were in Tennessee. We had one right outside my bedroom window, and it is old as I was. I mean, it it, it took some time. Sometimes it would die back, and they they just chainsaw it down and come back again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anyway, thank you for sending that, Dennis. I, a, a lot of, I didn't know a lot of that. But you should always learn something on something new on. And, and now we've got, Harry, did you notice we've got a few of the uh, vegetables transplants over there? Uh, the what? Looks <coughs> like a few. Uh, uh, Peaches, lemon? Uh, bro- broccolis. Oh, okay, I didn't see those. I didn't check. We should probably check to see what selection they are. I just said just look like they're broccoli from here. But yeah, there are some of the citrus. Yeah, that they had in the greenhouse and weren't bothered and. Lemon, lemons. I think you. Lemon. I think you would be safe in putting those in the ground now. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I was looking at the uh, speak speaking that they were getting ready to have speakers that they're getting ready to have and uh, on February the 18th that was yesterday oh is that right yesterday yep 
Okay. That was David. Oh, that was uh, David was here. Right? Yeah. David was here. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> March 11th. Okay. That hasn't happened. Yet. No, that's not yet. <laughs> uh, from 10 to 1130. Uh they're going to be talking, uh, David's going to be talking about spring vegetable garden. Now, why are we putting tomatoes out there in February and really at the safe time to plant here without having to protect everything is the middle of March? Yeah, well, he's talking. Well, part of it is that rodeo tomato. It's yeah. an opportunity to sell. Yeah. Sell rodeo tomatoes at the rodeo, but uh, they're going to promote that. Uh, sounds like they're going to promote the Ruby Crush in the middle of March. No, oh, I hope they. <laughs> I hope they have some plenty of plants. I think that seed is readily available and and reasonably priced. Yeah, they asked me to be ready to price them, but I reminded them that <laughs> we've we been doing have that a for notice. You know, a <laughs> few years. Ten day. Ten days is. Uh, <laughs> Between when we, you've uh, got to recuperate. Go in for when we write something and we get it published. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was uh, looking through uh, Neil Sperry's questions and answers in yesterday's paper, and uh, got a question in said, "Our daughter lives in the Metroplex." She had been told that cotton root rot killed one of her roses of Rose of Sharon, also known as Althea. Uh, she has several more in a row. Is there anything she can do to prepare the soil prior to pl planting, replanting, so the next plant won't cover, uh, suffer the same fate? I guess the old one died almost overnight. Well, here's Jerry's opportunity to be famous forever. Uh, come up with it. <laughs> yeah. Infamous. Right. And a lot, lot of other people have tried that, too. In fact, the uh, A&M Plant Pathology Group was formed. Program number one. Yeah, yeah to find the, the answer to cotton root rot. Mm -hmm. That kind of reminds me of the, the fire ant uh, deal that they had. Yeah, well, we, we used to make that when they <laughs> got the fire ants. Everybody uh, yeah. take, but like two weeks for everybody to remind them it's exactly what <laughs> it sounded like when they were trying to deal with hot roots. Yeah, but uh, they, we haven't beat the fire ant yet, and we haven't beat this uh, cotton root rot. Uh, Neil answers, uh, cotton root rot is particularly damaging disease, and these symptoms sound right. Sudden death is its trademark. It can affect, and on plantanswers.com, we've got a, a, uh, a, a chart of the plants that are affected by cotton root rot and how affected they are. In other words, some are highly uh, susceptible and some are moderately susceptible. And if you got any that are absolutely not? I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> it's a pretty invincible Oh, disease. yeah. Can't, can't get rid of it. 
It, it can affect the majority of our cultivated trees and shrub species. There are limited things we can do to prevent it, basically nothing to do to cure it. Uh, now, as far as cultivated trees, you always think, uh, well, obviously a pecan tree uh, is, is not, uh, not susceptible to cotton root rot. Because that's why uh, the Fannicks, Mr. Fannick, replaced all their fruit trees on their nursery with uh, pecan trees, thinking that uh, that would uh -huh. that would solve the problem out there. But uh, when Gerald Johnson, I was mentioning him the other day, um, he studied cottonwood rot on uh, on pecan trees that killed pecan trees in western. Out west, and come to find out, there's different species of the cotton root rot, and some kill pecan oh, trees. Really? Yeah, yeah I, never, I never even thought about pecans. Uh, yeah, well, but here in San Antonio, we—I don't think we—I've ever seen a pecan tree killed by almost anything, and especially mm -hmm. cotton root rot. Except for a pecan pie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hey, hang on to that rest of that article. We're going to get to that. And uh, your calls, we got open lines right now at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Or come on by Millburgers Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road. Nursery's open till 5. We're on the air till 2. Come on by, ask your question. And we'll be right back. Just going to take a quick break on Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. We are working on the weekend. I'm Barry Bess in for Milton Glick with uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. All we need now is you and your calls at 210-340-90... Uh, well, well, see, I forgot the number again. 320-308-8867. Remember what I told you earlier that I give yeah. the wrong phone number? Yeah. I did. 210 308-8867. That's the number you need to call to get in. On. Well, what do you think, Don? Jerry and I have uh, <laughs> had that same number for 25 years. Hey, girl. I'm not sure I could, uh, I hey. could tell you what it is. Because I'm just sitting there going, hey. okay, I'm just thinking back to the, my hey, conversation that I worked on, and it's like, nope, it's the wrong number. All right. So, we, you know, guys, we do actually have a caller on hold. Um, let's see. We have Bert on hold. He's got a crepe myrtle question. Bert, you're on the air. Thanks for calling us at Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing very well. I always love enjoying listening to the show because you guys amaze me always. <laughs> yeah, we amaze ourselves. Yeah, I don't too. know if that's good or bad. Uh, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it. You're just amazed we're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, was... All right, well, I got a, a crepe myrtle that's starting to split. Um, it 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 branched off, you know, just left mm. or right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there is there anything I can do? Can, what what can I wrap around it 
to try to save it so it doesn't split and kill itself? <laughs> it's going to kill itself. It's going to try to commit suicide. That's what? a sad thing. What, uh, how long have you had it in place? Oh, about seven years. I, and I just saw it as I just saw it split last year, and I was just like, all right, I'm going to try to, if I can help it, I can help it. If I am unable to, then I am unable to. Now, one of the attractions of crepe myrtle are that they, we know what height they grow to and what shape they're in, and so that we can manage them that way. Is, that, is there a, have they been managed in a way that would contribute to that? Breaking or? Uh, uh, no, I, I, it's, it's just I, I enjoy Kurt Myrtles, and I was just like, I would like to not see it just like split <laughs> and die, you know? Yeah, where, where is the, where does the limb uh, originate that's split, splitting off? Oh uh, no, it's coming from the main trunk. No, oh, okay. So the main trunk is split? Yeah. Okay, are there other limbs on that main trunk that are not not a split? No, it's, it's rather balanced. I'll tell you that. It's rather balanced tree, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, I maintain it as, as, yeah. as I am able to. You remember? Uh, do you remember what variety it is? Is no, it a is it a large growing variety? Is no, it white? It's, no, it, it's a smaller. It's a it's a smaller growth one. Okay. Is it? It's not white. No, not not at all. It just like okay. It maintains its little area right out here. So if you, yeah, if you take, if you take it that limb off the, to where it's split, will there still be enough tree there to uh, be okay? <laughs> yes, uh, because it'll be it'll be half it'll be half the tree, and I know. Then I would ask you if, like, if, that's why I'm asking. Also, um, I've heard that you can just spray latex paint yeah. on you know to, to stop the wounds when they to help yeah. them heal yeah well uh, probably the best way <laughs> uh, to sit down I'm getting ready to tell you uh, Neil Sperry always talks about uh, cutting them to the ground cutting the tr- tree whole tree to the ground especially if it's and, not it's not uh, huge yeah and re re uh taking taking care of uh the sh- strong shoots making a new tree out of it. okay i can understand that because i've seen that happen in my life oh uh, yeah it'll it'll, that, it'll that, that's why you know with the crepe myrtle you you can predict what size it's going to eventually get and what shape it's going to eventually have so you're not gambling too much. Yeah, and it's on its own root system. Yeah. All right. So as long as I mean, like that's all I was just asking to, to let it do its thing, and just like, okay, this is what goes on. <laughs> just, just if you want to, you can just cut it to the ground. 
give it a little fertilizer next spring. Yeah. Well, it it's probably hadn't sprouted out this year, so he'll have good growth know, this year. It's, it's, she's got some. She's got a bunch of um, flower sprouts coming up. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, then uh, right. one of those will take over. Okay, no, good I luck. I just wanted to ask your advice on it, that's for sure. Oh, okay. All right. No well, thanks, problem. Thanks for calling in, Bert. I wrap everything up, and, you know, I would make the tree screwed up, something like that, you know? Yeah, well, the problem with wrapping a, a tree like that is uh, it it's never as strong as it was if it remained intact. So... Uh, It sounds kind of drastic to cut them to the ground, but at the rate at which (laughs) crape myrtles grow, uh, in the long run, you'll end up with a stronger tree. All right. Well, I thank you very much for your advice. That's why I called up today. Well, thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Bert. Have a good day. You guys guys are the greatest. Thank you. Thanks. And, and you hear very, that, Trace? And you're very intelligent. Uh, yes, very much, 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 must be right. All right, so that uh, leaves uh, another open line for someone to call and ask a question at 210-308-8867. Yesterday we talked a little about Lady Banks roses. Yeah. And I went down there and I saw we got all. A large number of them. Oh yeah. And they're, I really like them. They're my one of my favorites. And I was wondering how many of our uh, listeners out there have uh, Lady Banks because we were questioning yesterday how popular they were and how common yeah. they were to use. So if anybody's got got one out there and has a uh, opinion of its performance, uh, let us know. And what co- what you, color what it is? I don't recall. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was happy to find them. Yellow or white? White or yellow. So you'll see the the predominant planting of them in houses that were built before 1980. Yeah. Yeah, like ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, that I'm trying to date y'all. No. Uh, <laughs> as, uh, but uh, that's that's well, a fact. I'm gonna I'm gonna date date you. I would like to. The, I'd, uh, rather, I'd rather date a nice looking woman than either. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Either you two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I'm glad my wife's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier uh, amongst ourselves. I remember what, back when you were working for Wolf that they sold an ornamental peach. Do you remember that? Yes. It, it wasn't for peaches. Right. It's just for bloom. Correct. Do we have? No. Are they still on the market? Mm, so the last ones we had, we had in like a 24-inch box. Okay. And the chill hour requirement of the ones that Charles brought in was ridiculously high. Oh, is that right? So we only got the blooms every once in a while. Yeah. So it was only like every third or fourth year we actually could sell them. But it was impressive. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was big double blooms. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that, that's one of my two o'clock thoughts in the morning uh, so you know you could always just use your your red one yeah 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 as an yeah. ornamental and then spray something at the wrong time to make sure it doesn't put on fruit well yeah or get the fruit and be but thankful it doesn't have a lot of fruit which would be a advantage advantage to that and as i remember it's a freestyle the fruit is 
but uh, that bloom is spectacular. But I, I thought I remembered, because <laughs> uh, the fact that it didn't have fruit, we'd get calls at the office, the extension office, saying, I got this peach tree that blooms pretty, but never has any fruit. Only answer is that's an ornamental. That's peach. a good guess. So uh, anyway, that was, those things were were impressive, I guarantee you. But they had a high chilling, you know. Well, the ones, the last ones we had did. <laughs> well, anyway, okay, they'd, they'd be better off with uh, Red Baron because they could possibly have some some good fruit too. Now I did get in some ornamental plums. Oh, is that right? And they don't have plums. Uh, it's not an edible plum, and it's, it's that beautiful British A&M color leaf. Is that right? Okay. I didn't realize they had those. I let I let A&M have credit on that one. There you go. <laughs> it's not from A&M. No, it? I'm sure it's not. I think okay. Cravers, I think, is the name. Okay. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's see. We were talking about cotton root rot a while ago. And I was reading what uh, Neil Sperry had uh, said about it. Is he right or is he wrong? Uh, uh, well, or both? He has a little wrong in there. Uh, he says the the fungus remained dormant in the soil for many years, about a hundred years. Uh, houses get built in old cotton fields, and when we plant ornamental plants that are susceptible to it. It may be only a matter of time until they succumb. That's that's true. Uh, if <laughs> I, I had a had a guy call me wanted to plant apples in uh, down down south, and uh, it was after hours when I took the phone call, and he was a very well-off uh, old man. And uh, <laughs> did you call? Did you call him a fool? Uh, close to it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I said, "Have you ever had cotton planted on that on that area?" He said, "Oh yeah." I said, "There's a thing called cotton root rot that'll wipe those apples out pretty soon after you plant them, especially after they have fruit." And he says, "One of the dumbest things I've ever heard." He said. With with my money and help from Texas A and M, I'm going to grow successful apples in Catula. That's where it was, Catula. And I said, I, I, I've got I got complete confidence in your money, but A uh, and M been trying to solve that cotton root rot problem for years since their origin, since they began. And no, nobody can whip it because it's so, it's such a virulent thing, and it's deep, deep in the soil. Uh, but then he, he did, Neil goes on and says, uh, "Roses of Sharon are a form of hibiscus. They're in the cotton root rod fa- cotton family, so they share its high degree of susceptibility." And then. Then he jumps ship. He says, your daughter could try adding copious. He used copious. He must listen to your show. I don't know what's going on with you. Copious is all over the place. Uh, amounts of agriculture sulfur 
to the planning area. Now he got that <laughs> from uh, my friend and colleague, Dr. Laura Shreve, who was the uh, uh, founder, <laughs> if you want to say founder, of the Apple, Texas Apple industry. And he believed that you could uh, change the pH of the soil here by adding copious amounts of sulfur. And I'm talking about uh, four pounds per square foot. That's that's more than copious. <laughs> and they would bring that sulfur into people that want to plant a apple orchards by the train car load and put it in these degrees. And it didn't stop it. It doesn't stop it. Because it's almost impossible to change the pH of this of our alkaline soil because it's buffered. And so uh, you hear people talking about adding even copious amounts of agriculture sulfur uh, to the planting area uh, would not work. It did not work. And uh, where we planted our citrus trees. Uh, Dr. Shreve had uh, had put tons of sulfur out there to drop the pH to grow the apple trees that he was experimenting with. And uh, two years after he had applied the sulfur, we took the pH of the soil, and it was seven. Before we <laughs> before we added the sulfur, it was about. Uh, seven five to eight. Okay. So he didn't drop it significant enough to do it. And so, uh, no, you don't. You can try. You can do that. You can add copious amounts of agriculture sulfur, but it's not going to do a damn bit of good. Okay. We have to do a copious amount of uh, commercials right oh, okay. now. Okay. So okay. we got our last break here, but there's still time for you to uh, get on the phones and uh, ask your questions before the show ends. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. We'll come back with more of Millburgers Gardening oh, South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Done studies, and we are back at Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9:30 a.m. The answer. <laughs> We're going to go right to the calls right now. We have uh, three open lines at 210-308-8867. Uh, but right now, one of those lines is occupied by Michael, who has a question about grass. Michael, welcome to uh, Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. What's your question? All right. My question is, I see this beautiful green-colored grass in the ditches along the farm-to-market roads and in some people's yards, and I see it in the yeah. winter. Grows, in, isn't it beautiful? Six inches. It isn't is. It, real thin blade. There you go. It's bluegrass. It? It's bluegrass. Well, how tall, blue how tall is it? Four to it's, six inches. Little white, uh, little white seed head-looking things all over the top. I see a couple of little flowers on there, not not thick, but but a few here and there. Well, most people most people try to kill that. 
we're, we're, we're debating uh, about Pola Ana is the most commonly used name, but everybody here likes to call it annual bluegrass. Which yeah. It's not, an, it's not okay. annual here. It comes back from seed. Yeah. There's beautiful. A, there's so there's where, another, where another grass, uh, weed, grassy weed called uh, Where can I grass. get some seed for this weed? Because it sure looks good in the wintertime. There it's you nice go. It's and dark and green. looks better than St. Augustine or Bermuda. Absolutely. Brown. Ser- seriously doubt anybody's going to sell you seed. I can't find a source. But if you got a bagging lawnmower and you see uh-huh. it somewhere and you see that little white seed head all over the top of it, you go mow that, collect it, scatter it in your yard, and eventually you're going to have annual bluegrass growing. There you go. Okay. But, I've, but looked you all, can't. I've, I've looked all over the Internet and everything. else. That used to be used uh, for golf courses, huh. but uh, it's, it's, it's a true bluegrass. How, but, how uh, no well seed. can you cut it and not kill it? Just, just like a Bermuda situation, yeah. you, you, you could keep it short, but that stops it from going to seed. Yeah. And if you stop yeah. it from going okay. to seed, then you don't have it the right. next year. It's right. basically a winter weed, though. It's an yeah. does, does, it, does it go to seed any time particularly? Uh, it's all, all along there? the growing cycle, but the bulk of it April. generally happens right before it dies from the heat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so April about March would be a better time to mow? Uh, to, to, to go collect, to go collect uh, you almost got to go... And, and take each patch uh, individually because the weather is going to okay. play a big part, give or take a few weeks. The sun, okay. Sun too. Is uh, uh. An- another another weed, a grassy weed is rescue grass. It grows a little taller. It's a little thicker leaf, but it it's the same kind of impact. And yeah. What, what's it called? Rescue grass. Rescue it, Yeah, if I've heard this called rescue grass, yeah, but that's, that's a different grass. Yep. Well, well, you said thin bladed, so that's why we're yeah. going. We it's, yeah, okay. it's sometimes hard to decide which is which because okay. they both can, they're affected differently you, by the soil and by the. All right, can you oh. get seeds for rescue grass? Not that we found. <laughs> no, I've been. Well, we've tell been. Tell Milberger start bagging that stuff and selling it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we've. Uh, uh, I, in most cases, I'd rather sell somebody rye that I know is going to die and go away. Yeah, well, this goes away t- too, apparently. Yeah, but it receives the, itself. The rye's not the rye's not a perennial, is it? Uh, no, not no. not here. Even if it says it's I, perennial, I, I it's not perennial. Let's see. You okay. want you yeah. want something that goes away and doesn't come back? No, I just no. It's just a matter of this will no. go away. I, I, in the summertime, I've got. Good Bermuda grass in some places, good St. Augustine go. in some places, but I also have areas where there's nothing growing at all. I wonder how much he's trees. willing to pay. Maybe we could get a start seed collection. Money's no object. <laughs> there you go. That's I like to hear that. <laughs> now, now I wish I had the seed. Not really. <laughs> right. But uh, and that's I, what and that's what they should tell you when you ask for a raise at the station. They should say money's <laughs> no object. Money's there you no go. object, right? Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, okay. There's, there's, a, there's a pretty detailed discussion on uh, planancers.com. Yeah. Cherry and I are. You uh, wrote an article on that, didn't you? Oh, gosh, yeah. Right. L- l- let me ask one other question. What about oaks planting oaks in the fall? You can plant an oak tree anytime you no, want. Oaks. 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 Oh, oats. oh yeah. Oaks. Well, the Plenty commercial oats. people usually, there's a winter oats and a. Uh, reg, regular oats, but uh, the, uh, 
a lot of people plant the winter oats right. when the rains come, if they have moisture to get the seed up. Okay. And uh, this year, in the last three years, we haven't had enough moisture in the soil to get the seed up. I so sprinkle the, out of the lake, no problem. Okay, okay. Well, you could... Yeah. Uh, now, well, are you... But there's an oat for all year long? No. Uh, no. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. If you want some uh, expert answer to this, call uh, Douglas King Seed Company. Have you ever Douglas heard of... King's Feed Shop. Douglas King Seed Company. In Feed San Antonio. Company. In San Antonio. All right. And okay. It's right off of W.W. White down there. Take okay. a left. All right. Okay. But I'll they know, they know sure. about all those grains and uh, have them available. Okay. All right. All right. So, Michael, right. thank you very thank much you. for your call. All right. We've got to squeeze one more call in before the end of the show, and it's uh, Greg on hold. He's got a question about Rio Grande Gold Pepper. Greg, uh, thanks for holding, and welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing pretty good. Good. This is your uh, North Texas grower of the Rio Grande Gold. There you go. Good. Did and, uh, you hear the you hear the good news the other day? That uh, Mr. Rodriguez got you some seeds. There you go. So uh, I, I, they have been planted, and uh, there's yeah, pepper seed take a little bit longer than tomato seed. Especially so, when it's 32 well, degrees off. Yeah, what were we looking for, uh, March, end of March? I would hope into March, early April. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Well, I, I apologize. I haven't been able to get down there to bring you some seeds. Um, well, you, kinda, you, you just keep collecting them. <laughs> well, I do, and that, that kind of prompted my call, so I went ahead and started, started my own germination um, this week. And so I had... A collection of the seeds from the first crop of those peppers. So I, I started okay. getting those in about June of last year. Okay. So I, I harvested those seeds, we dried them, put them in the fridge, and then I collected some from the, the next batch, which was early December. Yeah. And so I started out doing my seed viability test, just throwing them in the cup of water, and I noticed that those June seeds off the first crop maybe five percent of them would sink the rest of them floated and i let them soak for an hour in there yeah but the but the december seeds i probably had 80 percent of those sank to the bottom immediately okay so is there sure. a, is there a reason why that would why, why that would be the first crop didn't didn't have you, as good you, a did you did you rake them out uh, scrape them out of the pepper is that the way you harvested the seed? No, what I would do is any time we were going to eat them, I would kind of cut that top off and pull pull that yeah. seed pot out. Yeah, and that would let that let that dry. Yeah, you let it dry real good. Uh huh. It yep. has to has to dry real good, uh, or it'll spoil the seed. All right. Well, Greg, we got to go. Thank you very much for your for your call, and you can call in any time. And uh, yeah, we'll tell you when. Uh, Plants get here. All right, so this is another edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming to an end, but the guys will be back next weekend. Milton should be back no, next weekend. No, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Well, not coming has, back. You're not coming back. You're done. 
Melton? No, Milton. All right. All right. Oh, Milton. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll see. But uh, thank you very much for allowing me to uh, sit in and have a good time talking with the guys, with the docs. Uh, thanks to Al back at the station for keeping everything together. And uh, right now, we're going to uh, get to the news break at the top of the hour. Thanks for joining us today. Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. This is The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.